Hello and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I sometimes wish I would have a Grave Encounter. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss Grave Encounters, which released in 2011. Written and directed by the Vicious Brothers, Colin Minahan and Stuart Ortis. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Lance Preston and his crew of paranormal investigators. They have gone into the Riverview Hospital, which is a closed psychiatric hospital, and they plan to spend the next eight hours in there. But over the course of the night, they are going to be confronted by real-life spirits. All right, everyone. If you're ready, it's time to have some grave encounters. So I was aware of this film before its uh, release, and that was because the the trailer for this film went pretty viral. Yeah, uh, a lot of people saw the ghostly images and were just very very excited for this film. Then the film came out and it kind of you know it it disappeared for a little bit. People were excited. It got a sequel very close behind. Yeah, um, but it's really. Uh, the two writer-directors, the Vicious Brothers, uh, as they're known, um, I find it fascinating that they found each other online yeah. on a film forum, both discussing films and then sharing their own student films because they were both in school. Yeah. And uh, eventually they decided to meet up. And when they did, they were like, let's start writing and making films together, which they did. And they said that this was the fourth film that they'd collaborated or, or written. Yeah. It's their first feature-length film. And when it was completed, they struggled to find distribution for it, but eventually they did. And now they're they're continuing to to make movies in the industry. Yeah. And uh, and I just think it's a it's just a really awesome backstory. <laughs> like just these two strangers that meet online, and they've both got this passion to make films, well, and mean, then they do it. Isn't it like classic Robert Tapper, Sam Raimi, right there? You know, two film students just getting together and going, "Hey, let's make a film," and we'll just get a camera and we're gonna throw together this production crew and like this is definitely your classic what 2011 did we say you know directed dvd sh schlock well, yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah it would have got some kind of cinema release and i'm like like a long time ago and i am getting a bit old now but i'm pretty sure i saw the trailer and it was always like that face that you saw that people got jump scared and so when it was release for a home distribution everyone was like we've got to watch it and it's like okay and i'm pretty sure we watched it and we were like what the fuck is this shit and we never thought about it ever again until it ended up on our list well that's because like found footage movies have kind of come and gone <laughs> yes. they're still coming but mostly gone now yeah well paranormal uh, was it paranormal, uh, paranormal activity, activity has was... taken over kind of that whole yeah, thing isn't it? yeah exactly and so after blair witch and cloverfield oh, and diary yeah. of the dead and yeah. so oh, many God, other ones um, like, uh... Wreck was really good. Exactly. So, of course, I have my reservations about going into this film anyway, because there's one thing that I really don't like, and that is really rapid edits of shaky cam footage. Yes. Uh, that's passed off as a raw movie making when it's just... <laughs> yeah garbage to look at it's amateur right yeah um unless it's really controlled and i honestly found for the best part of this film it didn't fall into that trope too much of oh there's something going on wave the camera out stick it in a washing machine and put it on spin dry or something you know it was, yeah uh, 
it, it was very well controlled camera work and so they kind of knew when to have the shaky camera moments and so even though I had my reservations about found footage, this film didn't aggravate me like most of them do. No, because it, it starts very well, especially with Jerry Hartfield, the executive producer of the, the TV channel or show that's going to run Grave Encounters. And he's talking about how he's got hold of this footage. He doesn't know exactly where it's come from. And they've managed to edit together this hour and a half long footage for us to watch. And he wants us to know right off the bat that this has not been tampered with, it's not been magically edited, this is exactly what you see on camera. And so I'm half sitting there waiting for the, based on an actual true story to pop up, because if that had happened, that would have been fucking sick. <laughs> but luckily that, or not unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy I barely see that tagline <laughs> on films these days, because I think they just start dropping it. But then we're introduced to Sean Rogerson playing Lance Preston, uh, the host of Grave Encounters, we've got Sasha Parker, uh, played by Ashley Grisco, who, um, is, she's the documenter. She's just going to follow everybody around with her own camera and she's going to record everything. Um, you've got uh, T.C. Gibson, um, who's another cameraman. We've got Matt, the, uh, the sound guy, who's uh, just controlling the sound mic. So we're introduced very easily at the beginning into the crew who they are, what they're going to do. And the first half hour of this movie, I was like, it's a parody. This has got to be a parody. I am fucking laughing. This is not scary. This is so stupid. Oh, oh, oh. I, 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 there's something else here. It's, it's like a dark spirit. It might even possibly be a demon. And we have got to be extremely cautious tonight, Lance. I mean, we do not want to be messing with something like this. It really does feel like parody because they are emulating the bazillion ghost hunting <laughs> yeah, yeah. reality TV shows that are that have been and are still ongoing. Yes. Uh, of course, you're probably pulling major inspiration here from Ghost Adventures with <laughs> Zach Baggins. <laughs> Zach Baggins. You know, he's like our, our lead character of Lance Preston is literally emulating Zach Baggins to his dress sense, to his mannerisms, yeah. the way he delivers his lines. I, I, and I think they captured it really well. Even their intro video where they're all walking to the camera. Yeah. You know, and, he's, and they all say grave encounters together. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's really, it's really setting you up for an intro to a TV show. And then, yeah, the first half an hour, they get the, the groundskeeper showing them around. We get all the information. <laughs> Kenny the caretaker. Yeah. <laughs> I love Kenny the caretaker because, you know, he, he comes across so likable. And doesn't give off any hint that anything nefarious is happening within the halls of this hospital. Yeah. But you already kind of know or hope to know that this place is probably absolutely terrifying at night. You know, there's stuff hiding behind corners. The only thing he says is just like, every morning I've got to close these windows. Yeah. Because every morning, they're like every night I close them and every morning they're all wide open. Now... Obviously, this is a film crew here, so going meta now, so step outside. Yeah. The actual filmmakers making this film that we're talking about now, yeah. when they got there and interviewed the actual groundskeeper, the groundskeeper said, I close the windows every night and every morning they're all open. So the, the Vicious Brothers went, well, that's going in the film. <laughs> and so it's in the film. It's so in it's the like, film. So is that an actual real unexplained thing going on in that location right now? Oh, man. <laughs> and there's a couple more like that, too. So you guys see this window here? Yeah. I lock it up real good at night. 
come back in the morning, sometimes this thing is wide open. What? <laughs> yeah, I can't figure it out. It's a definite paranormal hotspot. But then we get the other groundskeeper. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Javier Ortega, the gardener. Oh man, I died with this sequence. It immediately became a favorite sequence because he's just like, you know, uh, have you ever seen any ghosts? And Javier's just like, uh, no, I've got to get back to work. Like he's really nervous. He doesn't want to be talking to these cameramen. And they're like, Look, you know, give us some money. Here's $20. And they're just like, now have you seen a ghost? He's like, yep, definitely. Like over there <laughs> by that window. See? Pretend you saw something. Just, I gotta get God to work. Okay, okay, real quick. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Just wait. I'm sure. Hey, Javier, uh, that was 20 bucks, Sam. Javier, have you ever seen anything strange in the past 10 years of working here? Yeah, I saw a ghost over here. It was a really scary. Right. I mean, it, it, it's a funny scene, and it, but it does set up our characters. Now we know that they're all cynical, yeah. that they're all in this entertainment industry really to prove the existence of ghosts but they know it's not real or they wanted it to be in you know after how many episodes this is their sixth episode yeah, they've yeah. not had anything so now they know they need to make drama to sell a television show and it makes you think that that's probably what's gone on behind the scenes of the bazillion other <laughs> ghost shows that are out there well, th well this was it for for me as an audience member i related to this because Lance, I kind of wanted to hate right from the yeah. offset. Like, he's the host. He probably controls everything. That's because he's a charlatan and he's deceiving people that would watch it at home. Yeah, but he, he knows that. And I also know that. Like we said, with the bazillion, you know, ghost adventure shows out there. I'm like, there's nothing. This is, this is kind of, this film is exactly what we kind of want to see. But it never happens. And so as the film progresses, they're walking around the corridors. They're trying to talk to people. They're using the tape recorder. They're recording the, the, the temperature as well. And nothing's happening. And it's not until a couple of little things happen that it starts to just throw the movie an arc. Yeah, you know. we're just like, well, maybe there is something going on in this asylum. Well, well we need a psychic, Ian. <laughs> Introducing one of my favourite characters in the film. Because of this location's massive size and scope, I've called in psychic medium Houston Gray to assist in the investigation. We have Mackenzie Gray playing Houston Gray. Yeah. And like this guy, when he gets out of the car, he's just like, whoa. I can sense very dark presence in this building. Clearly something in this building is telling us we need to go this way. Oh my God, I can tell in this bathtub, a woman killed herself. There's lots of blood. There's a, and when, when he calls cut and they're just like, yeah, we got it. What a take. And the whole facade yes. of, of this psychic yeah. is completely broken. You're like, you're a fucking actor. <laughs> it's like, that's brilliant. I really like it. Cause it's so, so effectively well portrayed in the film. Yeah. But, it, but it's also worked really well because we started to follow TC who's walking around with his camera. He's got to get some corridors on his own. You know, he's got to show how spooky the place can be. And it's when he takes the phone call from his girlfriend, he puts the camera down and he's just walking around and you watch the bike. Like oh, the, the wheelchair. Slowly, the wheelchair, yeah. The, we see the wheelchair just like slowly move. And, you know, I was, I was staring intently because I, I was like... If, it's focused on that wheelchair. The, these movies are good. The, the wheelchair moves. But it's the darkness of the corridors. You know, the spookiness. I know deep down, like, they're not really filming over the course of 
one night. They're going to span the filming of the real film over the course of... Well, they, they shot over ten nights and two days. So it was shot, yeah, yeah. in a very short amount of time. Long nights indeed, because obviously massive windows in this asylum, so they had to film overnight. Yeah, um, but the film throws a massive curve as well, because they, they actually go the course of the night. You know, they have a, a door slam on them, and they see the footage, they're like, yeah, this... This is real evidence we've got to hear. You know, Sasha gets her hair played with. And they, they, they're they just like, look, shit is going down. We need to get out of here. I, I want to bring it because it's a very, like, um, a very pivotal point in the film for me. Right, for, right, the, yeah. uh, for the Preston character. Yeah. Where he's, um, you know, of course, we've had the whole cynicism. But then the moment that happens and they're all scared and panicking and running. Yeah. I like that for a moment he's just like, guys... That's the first real evidence yeah. we've caught in all these episodes. How exciting. Grab the cameras and let's go. And of course, most of them are too scared to continue. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, come on. This is kind of what you signed up for originally. Or was it supposed to be just a gig where you're like nothing supernatural was ever supposed to happen? Well, that's the thing, though, is how far your the real audience member would want it to go to. Like Sasha, like you said at the beginning, she was saying to Lance, like, oh, don't you want something to happen? He's like, I just don't care. You know, and then when something happens, he's like, this is multi-million yeah. money making. And she's terrified. She wants to go back to where the light is. She wants to go where the camp is. You, you, you as an audience member, I'm like, I wouldn't wander around this place in the dark on my own. Right. <laughs> so why the fuck are these people doing it with cameras? <laughs> but then once they, they, they get through the night, they're, they're looking at the time. They're like, look, it's half past five. We've just got to wait an hour until Kenny comes up. He's going to unlock the doors. You know, we're going to be fine. I love the doors. We saw the doors walking in where it says death awaits. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. That's all funny. But later on, you're like, oh, yeah. You should have fucking listened. <laughs> and they turn to Matt, the technician, and they're like, look, you go and get all the cameras. I'm thinking, fuck that shit. He put cameras in the tunnels. He put cameras in that bathtub room. He put cameras in abandoned corridors. I would no fucking way walk off on my own and get the cameras. And he's like, look, can I get some help? And Preston's like, no, nah, no, nah, you'll be fine. I need everyone here. And I'm like, well, Matt's dead. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, they had that moment where they got separated before and they were trying to make their way back to, like, home base, which is at the front door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but none of the walkie-talkies were working. Yeah. And so as he's walking off, he's like, yeah, walkie-talkies working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, we follow him and it is it is very unsettling. The atmosphere is built up very well. We follow him appearing on those static cameras as yes. he comes in and closes them down. And it's, you know, systematic as he goes from one to the other. But he goes to that, that room the, the one on the fourth floor with the window with and the we window. watch it open on its own yeah. and he turns and he looks and he's like oh and then he it looks like he sees something or someone yeah. and he walks out of frame and we don't see him for a good half an hour yeah I, I love that because at that moment it's like everybody down at this camp as well is now absolutely trapped. And we watch the time tick on. You know, it's... Slowly... Sunrise has been and gone. Yeah, it's now like one o'clock in the afternoon. They're still trapped inside this lobby. It's still nighttime. You know, TC is going absolutely nuts because he wants to get back to his girlfriend and his daughter, you know, and he's hating what's going on. I mean, even Houston. Houston's a bit like taken back by it because he can't get out but at the same time he's just like nope you guys go i'm gonna stay here 
you know, Sasha's just like, we need to go and find Matt because he could have fallen, he could be on his own. And they actually do batter down the doors, the doors that they had chained They use a gurney, don't they, and bash yeah. through it. Only for it not to reveal the outside, but an extended corridor. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, that was not the way you came in. And that's now the way out? Yeah, it is. Those are, those are the doors we came in. The same death awaits so sign. It's at this moment in time where you just like, well, this ain't no normal ghostly apparition, is it? This isn't no paranormal activity. This is something on, a, on another level. Yeah. Because this is entire, like, shape-shifting around that has occurred of the walls, the doors, of time, space and time. Yeah. Like, this is some next-level demon stuff. And... Yeah, these characters, so as we find out, most of them are just actors. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, now uh, the the real kind of panic ensues. And the chaos and the unpredictability of what the ghosts and spirits are going to do, I thought was, was it kept me on edge. Yes. You know, because I liked some of the early stuff where they're taking photos. You know, they're just the, snapping the photos. Camera shots and we great. see the camera and we see all the orbs everywhere. And I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ, there are hundreds of spirits, you know, orbs or whatever, uh, you know, surrounding them. Mm. Um, and yeah, and yeah. We have all these demons that uh, that are there, and there's this great sequence where they end up back in that bathtub room. Yes, and I think is it um, <clears throat> TC's? Oh, actually no, they've already they've already found Matt at this point. Yes, and Matt is catatonic, and he's also dressed in a hospital gown, yeah, like he's been become an inmate here. Um, at one point, they all fall asleep as well, and when they wake up, they've all been. They've all got tagged. Yeah, yeah. As if, you know, they're, they're now patients in this asylum. And, you know, they, they start to have arguments. They're not sleeping. They're not eating. All the food has gone rotten. Yeah. And he's screaming at them over this bathtub that's now filled with blood. And we see this spectral woman reach out of the bathtub, pull him into it. And then the camera, of course, is dropped on the floor. At the bathtub, we hear it fall over. And when the camera's picked back up, TC is missing. And uh, my reaction was similar to that of Matt in the background. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very quite well done. Like I, at one point, I was thinking, is this too long? But then at the same time, this whole second half of the movie, like I said, the first half is a massive parody. This whole second half of the movie feels really serious. It's really getting me, like well, like Gary said, on edge, you know, because with the right sound, with the right lighting, you'll be shivering because you're stuck following just barely these cameras. You're just looking at certain characters. I mean, at one point was it, Houston gets separated from all of them and he's wandering around in the dark and it is kind of a bit corny about how he dies but just watching this guy kind of fumble his way down these doorways i'm waiting for anything to kind of grab him and pull him out of shot but he kind of gets lifted up and choked first and then dropped and then this invisible kind of force ball just kind of blasts him halfway down the corridor and i'm like damn oh, yeah. <laughs> he did well i mean we also had tc didn't he at one point also get pushed down the stairs yes, yeah um so yeah there's always that old ghost story of the ghost pusher pushing people downstairs in front of trains. Yeah. Now, now poltergeist activity is it's pushing and killing people in corridors. You're watching the timer down at the bottom of the cameras as well. Because yeah. when, when the movie started, it was just a couple of hours, you know, that's how long it was going to be. And then the longer that they are in here for, it's going 14, 15, 17. Even at one point when they go down to the tunnels, it just becomes garbled. Yeah. Numbers, like they are... Time complete. is of no relevance. Yeah. 
and it's like at first, like I said, we get Houston taken out. We don't get TC gets taken out. Matt decides he's going to throw himself down an elevator shaft after uh, Lance had gone off to find a tool and he's found a severed tongue on the floor. Right. And, and our second or third visual demon. Yeah. And uh, they affect on the demon's faces. Of course, the first one we saw was when we saw this girl run from one room oh, to the other. Yeah. They follow her in there. They're yelling at her. And, of course, she turns around. She looks, you know, normal. Yeah. <laughs> until her face drops. And you just see the black void that is her eyes and her mouth. I was like, man, that is such a cheap effect. Yes. But, my God, did that work. <laughs> it's so effective. No wonder this... Ghostface has been memed across the internet for yes. 10 years. Yeah. And yeah, and then there's another one that we see perched up in the corner with the severed tongue on the floor. So again, same effect, but really, really good. And it, 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 it didn't need really the gore or the effects. Like we, we only hear Lance being pulled off the screen and having to fight whatever this thing is with, uh, with Sasha there. And that's when we kind of see Matt kind of pick up the camera and then just throw himself you know down into the elevator shaft and sasha had already you know she's been already slashed up with it, hello, hello on her back on yeah. her back you know like every time they go to sleep the ghost is able to do stuff with them and and they they are only find out after they've woken up so you're just like this even sleep isn't really safe for you they climb down into the tunnels because kenny the caretaker suggested maybe they could get between the two buildings and like, I did really love the, that moment where they're trying to run around the hospital because TC had said something about a fire, um, fire escape. Right. You know, and they're looking for maps, and the maps mean nothing. I'm like, this is silent, so Silent Hill. Yeah, right. So Silent Hill. It, it is a great scene as well where, uh, yeah, they, you know, he's like, fire escape, fire exit, and they're following the signs, and they turn the corner up the stairs yeah. to find it completely walled off. Walled off. And uh, behind the scenes, I, you know, um, the uh, the the directors, obviously the directors, writers, they were there with the cameras. Yeah. Were the only two in that moment that knew that it had been sealed off. None of the actors were prepped. No. Nice. They got a stagehand to literally build that fake wall and put it there. They told the actors all they told them was, "You're going up to the fire exit to get up onto the roof. Go." Yeah. And and th this film had a lot of improv. They had the script. Nice. They knew what the characters were, what needed to be said. But often or not, the directors went, here's a camera, wander off on your own and film some stuff and talk into the camera in character. Yeah. And and, and that's what generated some of the, you know, the filler stuff that's in the film. But yeah. it's also natural and real. And so having those real reactions when they turn that corner to see that wall. Yeah. It just helps build the immersion it, with the actors and then you as an audience. Well, because it's also classic, like we said, it's classic Blair Witch, it's classic Evil Dead. You know, we've got just you know, not classically trained actors having to deal with a situation. I mean, I'm, I'm, if I'm one of them, I'm wandering around this asylum, even on the film set, it's like, here's the camera, off you go. And I'm walking around like, oh yeah, it's, it's dark. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm walking around an abandoned asylum. All these people done. And somebody has been secretly following me and bang something. I'm gonna <laughs> shit. And so when you see these people run as well at first, like I said, skeptical me, I'm sat in my home watching this movie thinking, oh, it's corny. But now I'm getting behind the characters. The characters actually made me want to care for them. Yes. You know, when they got down to the tunnels and it's just Lance and Sasha. Who'd been complaining that she's not been feeling well. She's yeah. feeling rough. And it's the moment when she curls over and then vomits blood. Yeah. I was like, oh, she weren't joking. Like, this thing is doing something to her insides that we're not aware of. Yeah. 
and they pass out in that hallway, that corridor in the basement. But he's got the camera, doesn't he? He has his little video moments where he's just like, I don't think she's going to make it. You know, and it's sad because he doesn't want to be alone. That's secretly the thing. He's, he's absolutely terrified as any of us would be. And we see them fall asleep in front of that camera. I love the fact that that camera is in such a perfect shot. But what the fuck is it attached to? Is it a wall? A tripod. Oh, is it a tripod? Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, right. So it's right in the middle of the <laughs> corridor. Right. Yeah. Because we're watching down this corridor and then the smoke just comes and just envelops the whole spot. And I'm thinking, oh shit, both of them are dead. And then it pulls back. And it's just Sasha that's gone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that was good. That was. <laughs> yeah. And now we watched like the last part of uh, Preston's sanity slip through his fingers as he gets absolutely distraught. Yeah, left abandoned here. And uh, he ends up eating rats. Is it like a real the... rat? Is that a real I, rat? Because that was know. such a good shot. It was, like, wasn't how it? good is that edit shot? That, I, I think it was just perfect editing. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, really well done. The practical effects were very good. Uh, all the gore, the way he ate it, yeah, mm. it was disgusting. But you kind of like, it's been days. He's starving. Yeah. He's going mad. Yeah. You know, and he does end up wandering into this extra room that we've not <laughs> seen before. Well, he wakes up, doesn't he? Because he's, he's conserving his battery power because the torch on the camera's the only thing he's got. And he goes, look, there's a door. There's a door. And I'm like, don't go in the fucking door, mate. <laughs> that door was not there. Do not go in that fucking door. You've been led here this entire time. Yeah. And when he goes in there, he looks around and he finds this old journal that's got some pagan writing in it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And we've got the, the diary of the doctor, haven't we? Arthur Friedkin, who was yeah. a neurologist during like the 19th century of, you know, just messing around with people's brains and as soon as they said that at the beginning of the movie i was like this is not gonna end well then no <laughs> so when he wanders into this like a cult oh, ritual kind of chamber yeah where you see these doctor ghost demons performing an operation and one of them turns to him and does the face reveal and yeah and then we we pick up with uh with preston just a little bit later as he's kind of drooling and bleeding from his eyes uh, pretty much lobotomized. Man, you know at the beginning when Preston was talking to like all of the people before they went inside and he talked to like a foreman who said there were some workers there? Yeah. Session nine, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the guy was like, oh, there was a there was a bit of an accident. I was like, what? Did one of your guys <laughs> kill all of his teammates? No, somebody fell off a ladder. I'm like, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, covered covered just, up, yeah. They all fell off the ladder. <laughs> seeing him at the end with that lobotomized bit and he's just like, this is Lance. Last survivor of grave encounters <laughs> signing off. I was like, bye, lad. Yeah. Well, I mean, what did you think of the ending? Were you satisfied? Did I, you... I was because, like, he hadn't been a dick. You know, like you, you do, you do sometimes suspect that this character is going to be the guy who forgot the map or told Kenny not to turn up or he's lost the key and he gets everybody killed. But that's not, they all signed up for this. And because it was episode six, they're like, oh, it's nothing's going to happen. But like, I knew, yeah, you know, something's going to fucking kill you and it's going to scare us. And just the way everything just filmed really well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was, I was a little bit, I, I was satisfied with the ending, but it right. felt like, it felt like wreck, you know, where it's like wreck found footage movie. It's a zombie movie until it's about demons. 
you know, and this one it was like it was a haunted asylum movie until it was about demons. <laughs> yeah, and it and and you know, the, it's like a lot of these films end with the character being dragged away from the frame at the end, like yeah. reaching for the camera almost. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, the camera getting knocked down. Yeah, and so this one felt kind of similar to that, and I was like, eh, it's fine. It was like on a no budget. How do you end a film? You can't. You're not gonna have a big special effects extravaganza here. You wanted so. a sequel, didn't you? Well, it's, we, I did, <laughs> and we got one. <laughs> Just a, a whole year later. Uh, however, it wasn't directed by the Vicious Brothers this time. Uh, although they did write the script for it and they did help oversee the entire production. Mm. Um, and they have also written a script for the third one. But they've said they don't know whether they'll finish that script or complete it or actually produce it. Because the reaction to the second one was pretty lukewarm mm. if the reaction to the first one was, was hot. The second one was not. Uh, but I, I will say, like, the moment... I, I watched Grave Encounters 1 when it first came out. And yeah. then re-watching it for this review, I was like, I'm going to watch Grave Encounters 2. And I was surprised, actually, uh, to find that Lance's story, Lance Preston's story, did not conclude there. Still alive? I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll recap the second film briefly. Okay. Uh, but it follows a whole bunch of different ghost hunters in a meta world where ghost encounters... The film that we're talking about right now yeah. was a film that was released in their world and did big numbers. And then the guy from the beginning of this film just went, it's fake. It wasn't actually real. It's fake. So give me money. And so people are like, well, we're not really sure whether he's telling the truth or not. Let's go to the asylum and find out for ourselves. They find Lance Preston, who's been there for nine years, still eating rats. Nine years. He still has his metal pipe that he had from the end of the first <laughs> film. I was like, yeah, there's some continuity there. Um, but he's also mapping out the place. He's kind of figuring out the demons, the ghosts, the patterns. He's figuring out shortcuts through holes in walls and stuff. So nice. he's like an expert who can guide these new kids out. And we also find out what it is the demons actually want. And they just want a movie being made about them. They want to be famous. Now, I actually find out that, spoilers, that it's uh, Dr. Friedkin, who's the, the demon from the demon world, is summoning or trying to get more people into the asylum yeah. so that he can continue his devilish his practice. Experiment, yeah. and, uh, and the film does end, I would say, unsatisfactorily again, <laughs> unless they make a third movie and continue Lance Preston's story because, well... I won't spoil it too much, but I, I've seen I've got like an Evil Dead parallel going on here, where this reluctant hero could become the next savior. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ian, what were your favorite scenes from Grave Encounters? Um, I had a few. Um, I I really liked the the walk through through of uh, the hospital at the beginning. You know, when they first meet uh, Kenny, the caretaker, and they just start walking through, and he just starts explaining all the different rooms. Like even during the daytime, these places are absolutely terrifying. And when they're just left undisturbed for like thirty to fifty years, they just have like like the bathtub room just had a presence and then there was that one bit where Lance was just like I'm sat in the bathtub room I'm kind of calling forth the spirit and I'm like don't fucking do that dude don't don't fuck with that shit don't sit in her bloody bathtub she's gonna go. and she comes back and the spoilers you know uh man I loved Javier Ortega the gardener I loved his little moments and it's just like yeah that's exactly what real life is like you know you you kind of want something scary to happen but it doesn't instead you're just the gardener going it's over there especially at the same time with 
um, Houston Gray, the psychic, when he turns up in his old hit intro. It was absolutely stupid and corny. And I, I, I mean, I loved all the, just everything after the second half when all the ghosts stuff just started to kick in. Like them running around the corridors. I know it seems really corny and like very Cloverfield-esque, but at the same time, I do get very heavily influences from Blair, uh, Blair Witch and Evil Dead. And it just was scary, like you said, watching that girl run across the way in the background. Like if I'd seen that and I was on my own in a fucking apartment, uh, <laughs> asylum, I'd fucking die. Yeah, the, the ghost faces are used... Well, they're not used too much. Sparingly, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was the internet and memes that, that waste them. But, you know, once you had all the scary bits, it was the, the slowdown moments where Lance is on his own with the camera and he's recording messages, you know, to himself or to anybody who finds this tape. It wasn't a very polite message he left to everybody, no. was it? <laughs> I did like that message as well. But I love the tape recorder moment at the end as well, where he records it and then he's just like, what, is that, what, what do you want? And then he plays it back and it's just loads of screaming. Of well, it says death. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, this film's packed with memorable moments. The uh, the the one I mentioned earlier, the staircase wall when they walk around the corner into that that sealed off staircase. Yeah, that was great. The psychic is an actor. <laughs> yeah. That's such a great moment. Uh, paying the groundskeeper twenty dollars. So I was yeah. like, that's that's brilliant. They nailed it. Sasha having her hair played with. That's really freaky. Like just seeing it. Like at first, you're like, what, what's something wrong? Yeah. And then when her hair drops again, you're like. <gasps> <laughs> The bathtub disappearing trick. I thought that was great. Like, yeah, I yeah. Mean, of course, we don't see it. That's the sound editing and the video editing here is really good. A very effective moment. And of course, the reactions when everyone realizes that he's gone. That's that was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, the moment they break the front door with the chain yes. and then realise that they're not outside it's yet and then it continues. Yeah. That's a, a big, oh, what the fuck? What the hell are we dealing with here moment? Really enjoyed that. Um, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> At that moment where, like, yeah, you expect him to get pulled off screen and, like, have a lame death. Yeah. But watching him actually in the middle of the corridor get picked up and strangled by nothing. Yeah. And then, like, released and you're like, oh, it's going to let him go. Only just, yeah, to kill him that way it's like didn't know whether he was dead i only figure he's dead because he doesn't come back yeah yeah but yeah. Uh, yeah no one ever finds his body or anything uh, but yeah some great great memorable moments and of course revealing sasha's back and seeing hello <laughs> in blood in our back carved in the moment they wake up with all the bands on the bands on uh, when yeah. he kills and eats the rat like yeah this film it uh, it has some moments and uh some of it will stay with you more more than others but yeah very very effective ian do you recommend Grave Encounters? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, I am. Uh, maybe it's because my taste has changed over the years. You know, I am just coming off the back of Halloween End, so that might still have an impact on my horror taste. But I remember watching this when it first came out and thought it was bland and stupid because I was a different person then as well. Uh, but now re-watching it, it's got some really good moments and it, they're really well done on such a low budget from people that you wouldn't really expect them from. You know, like we said, that whole extension when they bash through the door, you know, it's it's a good edit or it's just something that we didn't see the first time around where they've just extended it and we're seeing it and you're in this whole other world that the asylum is in a different place altogether. So you are with them all the way through. 
it's got some plot holes, you know, and yes, all right, it's not the most gore-tastic horror movie that you'll ever see, but sometimes a good horror movie doesn't need gore. It just needs good tension, good, gra uh, you know, good gravitas from the characters, good camera work, and by the end of it, you after even an hour and a half, you're like, whoa, <laughs> I'm okay. Right, like, I didn't need a horror movie about haunted asylums to tell me I don't need to go into haunted <laughs> asylums. Like, no, thank you, sir. No, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely going to be recommending Ghost Encounters. If you're a fan of horror films, I would also go far to say this is a must-watch. This low-budget, found-footage, shaky-cam style kind of really works for the film, emulating all the ghost-hunting shows that inspired it. In part, parody, but also authentically and it yeah. feels really thematic it's still annoying yes when the camera has glitchy effects or it's dropped or spun around but it still was kept to a minimum here so it wasn't aggravating the actors were all good very believable natural and interesting with special mention i would say to sean rogerson who was excellent in the lead role it was great to watch the change from cynical to nervous excitement to absolute horror into insanity. The location was great. Lots of dreadful atmospheric moments, great editing and sound design, and the events flow at a really good pace. The effects are really well done with the ghosts and face transformations. The CGI was effective here, creating the demonic look. Some effects like the massive arms that reached through all the walls and ceiling. I yeah. thought it was a little cheap looking, but and it lacked some final touches, but it was still effective again. I don't think Grave Encounters is necessarily a good film, but it was highly entertaining, made with flair and passion by a tight crew, and when the credits rolled, I wanted another episode of Grave Encounters. They were searching for proof, and they found it. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.